Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. from Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 5, concerning a free and everlasting covenant. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me. And eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Hear, that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. 
my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the gospel. St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Now, when Jesus heard about the death of John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and, and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said, and we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves, excuse me, he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And of those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. We continue with our hymn, By Grace I'm Saved, in 556. comes from our Old Testament reading from Isaiah. Let's pray. 
O Lord, strengthen us to daily know your word and to do your will. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Imagine the scene at home, it's not that hard, really, it would try. Uh, you're in the midst of that great conversation, or, or maybe the movie you're watching at home is just really at that pivotal moment, right? Or, or maybe it's you're sitting down to enjoy a wonderful meal with family and friends, and then phone rings. Telemarketer. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure you've heard, uh, you've sure heard all the pitches, right? You answer the phone, it's like, good evening, Mr. Copeland. You know that's wrong right off the bat. Uh, we got a great rate for your phone bill, or we got a great rate for your gas bill, or or we can save you money if you switch to us, or uh, you could win a car if you listen to our spiel. Uh, now, I'm normally a pretty skeptical person, right? Uh, and uh, to, to say the least, and, and but it's uh, not too long into that spiel before I politely end the conversation. Now. If they're not nice and keep on going, then I still end the conversation, but not so politely. Uh, we, we tend to be pretty skeptical people, don't we? Uh, generally speaking, if something appears to be free, got to be cash, right? And the old phrase, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And it reminds us the cost that may be hidden at first, and I'm pretty sure will appear eventually. Uh, we can also get that skeptical on that side of things with the government too, can't we? Right? I'm reminded of that, that quote from Ronald Reagan, the, the nine most terrifying words in the English language, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Uh, yeah, I, the, uh, sometimes it seems like it's too good to be true. I remember when, when we've uh, well, actually been doing it, back, we've been back at it now, but uh, having a table at the Kankakee County Fair and handing out materials. You know, a lot of times we get a couple different reactions. There are those people who came up and they would ask, uh, well, how much are the, the Bibles or the bracelets uh, or the pens or things like that? And we would say, nothing, they're free. And, and some people accepted that and enjoyed the materials. Other people are just like, what do you mean they're free, right? Uh, they get a little skeptical. You know, that healthy dose of skepticism can be helpful in worldly matters. But it does not necessarily apply when it comes to spiritual matters. You see, God's word challenges us and challenges the idea that, that nothing is free. In fact, the Lord tells us that the only way to be saved is to is through that, that free gift, right? The salvation that, that comes through him through faith. Excuse me here. The only way to be saved is through that free gift, that free gift of salvation that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And even that faith that we have is a gift from him. Through the word of the prophet Isaiah, God comes to us today and makes a generous offer. He tells us that this table of salvation has been set for you and me. The first thing he tells us is that this meal is free. The opening verses of our reading tell us exactly what God has to offer. He says, come, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And those of you who have no money, come. Come and buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. You notice that word repeated again and again? Come. 
My friends, God's invitation is clear and continuous to come. He invites us to enjoy all the things that he has to offer. He wants us to enjoy the glory of life with him in all eternity. In the paper this past week, there are all kinds of ads, right, for, for uh, Jewel or Aldi or Meyer, uh, the grocery stores there, uh, the flyers, they were listing all the different sales, but you got to look at the fine print, don't you, right? Uh, there are usually some limits to the sale price. You may be only able to buy a certain number of the items on sale, or you may have to make that purchase before a certain date to get the sale price. In contrast, God's invitation is clear. God's invitation is without limits. God's invitation is free. There's no fine print. There's no haggling required, right? The table that God sets before you and me is filled with so many different things to enjoy. Abundance of drink, Isaiah tells us, water, wine, and milk. And you know, we might take these uh, blessings for granted today. It's easy to go to the store and buy those things, right? Or even turn on the and get water. But in the time of Isaiah, uh, things were not so easy to come by. And even water uh, was considered a precious commodity for that traveler in the hot desert. Finding water was the difference between life and death. In contrast, there's never a shortage at God's table. And the drinks will be matched with an abundance of food. God's table will be filled with the, the richest of fare. Literally, the, the phrase is like the fat of the land, right? Uh, only the best. God gives the best to those that are his. Now, before you stomach start growling too much here, all right? God's giving us a picture of a feast, an unending feast. And it is both a picture, but it is also a promise. It really points us to a, a much greater feast that God prepares for his people, a spiritual feast that is set out by, uh, for the Lord. You see, God offers us freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from death, freedom from pain, peace with God forever and ever. And the most amazing part is the cost. Nothing. No catches, no gimmicks. A uh, free gift from God with no strings attached. Now, who could ever turn down an offer like that? Well, a lot of people could. A lot of people have. And a lot of people will. In the Old Testament, God's chosen people ultimately rejected God. They rejected the freedom that he promised. They deserted the one true God to serve pieces of wood and stone. They chose to chase after their own sinful lusts and desires, and the choice cost them dearly. When Isaiah wrote these words, almost uh, most of Israel had already been destroyed, and they'd been carried off in captivity to Babylon. The tiny part that remained, they were in serious danger. Why did they choose slavery and destruction over freedom and salvation? Well, God's question for Israel is basically the same thing. Why spend money on what is not bread? And why do you labor on what does not satisfy? How could Israel waste their time and energy chasing after the things that really did not matter? Why did they let the truly important things slip away? Two important questions. 
But I tell you what, those questions can be asked of you and me, can't they? I mean, people still live their lives in pursuit of things that are not bread. People still labor and toil to gain things that do not truly satisfy. Maybe you might remember a name by the name of Mark Bart. It's been a lot of years now, I think 24 years. Uh, back in 1999, he, uh, 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 his name was known. He was a day trader. He went on a killing spree in Atlanta. Killed his wife, kids, and about nine other people. What's the reason for this? What would lead a person to do that, something that extreme? Uh, they, they, the paper reported that he sort of snapped. He had lost $100,000 in day trading. And, and he, he even wrote something that was found. He said, I wake up at night so afraid and terrified that I could not be that afraid while awake. It's taken its toll. I've come to hate this life and this system of things. I have come to have no hope. See, Mark Barton was a slave of another God. He finally came to the realization that this pursuit of, of wealth could not satisfy his needs, and when he found that out, it was too late. He had nothing left. He was afraid, and, and, and he finally lashed out in despair because he had no hope. He saw no other way out. But it doesn't take an extreme example like that, does it? A lot of times we look at folks Maybe you've had this, I know I do. We wonder, will they ever get it, right? Uh, why do people dedicate their lives to things that mean nothing on the last day? When will they get it? Why don't they get it, we ask. Uh, uh, this life is temporary. What they really need is salvation, and that's free, eternal life. It costs us nothing. As a church and as Christians, we have this wonderful opportunity to proclaim the free grace of God without any works on our own. My friends, as long as this teaching is proclaimed, there is one person, though, working to stop us from teaching that truth, and that's Satan. Satan will always be at work to destroy it. Right now, he is working feverishly in your life and in mine that we would doubt God, that we would doubt his promises. He might try to convince the sinner that free salvation is good, but it's not enough, right? It goes like this. Oh, yeah, Jesus died for your sins. Yeah. Uh, but really, that possibly can't be enough to make up for everything you've done wrong in your life, right? Uh, you've gone way too far to be forgiven by God. Your sins are too great. That is Satan's message. His message encourages you to bargain with God. You know the bargain. You promise, I'll be a better Christian, or I'll stay on the straight and narrow, and if I can remove this unmovable burden of guilt that you feel deep down inside. And when we do that, salvation slowly changes from a, a free gift that is given to you and to me to, into a deal that we make. Now, if that doesn't work, Satan tries another approach. His appeal to the sinful pride that grows within us, right? He says, sure. God is holy and good and great, but hey, you're not so bad yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, you're hardworking, you're honest, you're, you go to church, you volunteer, you know what? Hey, the church is lucky to have you. In fact, God is lucky to have you as his child. He's not going to get anything done without you around, right? Another Satan's laws. Before you know it, salvation is something, this is something that God gives you freely, 
Salvation becomes something that God owes you. And as long as the truth of God's word is proclaimed, Satan will never rest. If he can convince you and me to believe the lie that salvation is not free, then we see that we're no different than the people that we pity. The cold hard truth is that if Satan wins the battle, a soul is lost forever. My friends, this meal is free. And secondly, we're told that the meal is for all. Now, it's sort of the obvious here, right? Salvation is free, it costs us nothing, but we must never forget that salvation did not come without a cost. It did cost us something. Our sins demand a payment, a, a huge payment that we could never make, and so that payment is made for you and me, isn't it? Salvation cost Jesus his life. Paying the price that we could not pay, he died the death that we deserved, and shed his blood on the cross to give us freedom from sin and death. He sacrificed his life for us that we might have eternal life. And so God sets before you and me this table of salvation, reminding us in his word that the salvation is, is, is uh, this great gift is free, and that this invitation is for all, for the world. You know, God made a promise to send a Savior all the way back in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, he promised Adam and Eve that he would send the seed of a woman to crush the, the serpent's head. As history unfolds, his promise became more and more clear. And David, he was king over Israel, and, and God made a promise there that, that he would establish his throne forever. But then David's dynasty survived maybe one more generation after that. But it's clear that prophecy is not about David's royal line or earthly kingdom. Rather, this promise takes on spiritual meaning, doesn't it? That there is this eternal covenant found in the ultimate fulfillment of one of David's descendants. A thousand years after David lived and died, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the town of David. You see, God made good on that promise to, uh, to David because he is a God of faithful love. Jesus came to earth to establish a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom that exists to this very day, a kingdom that will last for eternity. So what did Jesus do? He was a witness, isn't he? He, he testifies about God's power. He testifies about God's love. He preached hardened sinners uh, uh, about hell. And he comforted repentant sinners with the sweet hope of eternity. A lot of times you think of the Apostle Paul as the first foreign missionary, but no, Isaiah says that the Messiah is the light of the Gentiles first. Jesus summoned the nations that he did not know. His earthly ministry was not limited to the Jews, nor he was confined by the borders of Israel. We, we, we know all those accounts, don't we, where, where Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well about the living water of eternal life, where he praised the faith of the Roman centurion uh, when he healed his servant. Or when he ministered to the woman of Tyre uh, and drove out the demon from her daughter. He demonstrates the table of salvation has been set for all, for the world. Salvation is not exclusive. It's not just for Lutherans, right? To all who believe in him, Jesus offers the feast of salvation. Gentiles, that's us, isn't it? I mean, for the most part, we're Gentile uh, Christians of German descent. Uh, we probably can't trace our families back to ancient Israel, not related by blood to David or any of his descendants, but 
My friends, in that reading today, we have every right to call ourselves children of God and children of Abraham. By the grace of God in Jesus Christ, we can call ourselves children of Abraham, along with Isaac and Jacob and David and every other believer, because the gift is free and the gift is for all. Now, tonight or tomorrow night, I'm pretty sure that phone's going to ring in your home with a promise of a wonderful deal. And I'm sure many will think there is no such thing as a free lunch. In other words, nothing of value comes without a price. As far as the world is concerned, that's true. But when we're talking about our salvation, nothing could be farther from the truth. Today, God sets before you and me a, a wonderful feast, a, a feast uh, here in his word, a feast in worship, a feast at his table. And because salvation comes from God alone, we know that these spiritual blessings, they never run out. The best part is, it's free. And it's given to all. Let's treasure that gift of God's grace, free grace, today and every day. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.